Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. And away we go. Fantasy Sports Today, Dan Strafford, George Kurtz, along with you for the next two hours, getting ready for Week 11 in the National Football League. Coming down the wire here of regular season play in fantasy football. George, I know you're in about 233 leagues, but I was wondering, what's your status? Are we looking towards playoffs? What what sort of uh, situations do you see yourself in as we're coming down the home stretch? Well, in the, in the money leagues, I'm doing well. Uh, in my home league, which is probably my most important league, I think most people, yep, their home league is the most important one, right? It's with your buddies, your family, the people you really want to beat to death. You know, so uh, that one I'm in, uh, I'm a runaway right now. So uh, I'm looking good there. And then uh, there's a couple of leagues where it's uh, the frustrating one where your top point getter, top three point getter, you're either you're struggling to make the playoffs or maybe not even in a playoff spot. So uh, that happens to everybody. Everybody has to come in about that. Oh, I'm finishing top two in points and I'm five and five or I'm, you know, below 500. Hey, it happens. You know, that's why, uh, Dan, I got to tell you, my favorite type of uh, league, I, I like to have a rule. Actually, I like one of two things. One, the rule would be, you know, generally six teams make the playoffs. That mm-hmm. last team should be a team, regardless of record, that has the most points but wouldn't normally make the playoffs because, they, you know, they got unlucky. They played the hot team every week, even though they're scoring 1,000 points. So that team gets in because of that. But the way to solve that problem, period, is play a doubleheader each week where, yes, you're playing head-to-head. If I'm playing Dan, Dan wins, all right, I get a loss. But if you're in a 12-team league, the top six teams also, top six teams in points also get a win. That alleviates the unluckiness. Therefore, even though Dan beat me, Dan had 200 points, I had 199. Tough loss, but I also get a win for being one of the top six point scorers in a 12-team league. It alleviates some of that unluckiness. I, li- I like that. I haven't heard that specifically before. I'm I'm very much a proponent of all play. Um, you still play head-to-head, but you're playing everybody every week. Um, so... You're, you're really mitigating some of the luck week over week that may happen when you, as you just said, you play a team that perhaps has, you know, Mahomes, Hopkins, and, uh, you know, uh, a random scrub wide receiver three, and they just blow your, your doors off, but you had the second highest points. You shouldn't get a loss that week per se. Um, but I like the idea of the six highest scoring teams get a win uh, on the week in a 12-team uh, league. So I think that's a good one. I think all play also levels the field a little bit where you're just playing every team every week um, over the course of the season. It should be that the better teams are at the top of the heap. Uh, but as we come down, it's funny. The team, the, the league I care most about in fantasy baseball is a league I joined late. So it's a bunch of my buddies from high school and, and work after high school um, who uh, – asked me to join their league and it was already running and it's a a 10 team fantasy baseball league with six keepers. And I just get to a point where I care so much more about that simple league that I need to prove because it's a lot of, Oh Dan, you're, you're a fantasy analyst. You should win this running away. You you should, you should win this league every time you you do this professionally. First of all, I do it part-time. Let's, let's, you know, not pull any punches here, but further, Every league is different. This league is a head-to-head points league, George, but three teams in it draft like it's Roto. So it throws everything off when it comes to the draft. It throws everything out the window. But each year, I'm like the middling team. I'm the one who's like fighting to get into the playoffs or getting in the playoffs and losing in the first round. So this year, all my focus in fantasy football is on, uh, sorry, fantasy baseball is on that heading into the winter. I'm going to study that league specifically and uh, all other leagues be damned. Uh, I, I need to take that one down next year. But I uh, hope everyone that is listening is uh, on their way to the playoffs or uh, pushing for the playoffs. We're here to help with just that. Uh, make sure you have the right start sits going on. 
Make sure that any waiver wire claims that uh, maybe ads going into Sunday because of injuries or because of somebody getting you know pop up snaps for some reason or another, you can get them in your lineup and make sure to get a W this weekend. As always, we're going to go game by game uh, for this week in games, and we're going to talk uh, about the Thursday night game. But I want to get your take here, George, on something that I was reading about this morning, and this is sort of the nature of where we are. In the world because of technology and because of social media. But I was reading a story from, I think, late yesterday afternoon. Uh, It's over on ESPN.com. It's on every major sports network. The NFL has fined Indianapolis Colts rookie guard Quentin Nelson $26,000 for leading with his helmet on a play that went viral on Twitter. A source from the Colts was telling Adam Schefter. So five days after the actual play, it went viral on Twitter And then he got fined. Is that good policing by the NFL that they may have missed something, saw it on social media and thus, you know, got it right? Or is this sort of, hey, NFL, you missed it. Some guy in his basement somewhere made a a, a short video out of it. It went viral. And now you're finding the guy. How do you take this? And do you think this is sort of the future of fines and the way we, we do business in the NFL to an extent? Yeah, I can sort of go both ways on this, Steve, from both points of view. All right, if it's legal and you're going to fine or you're supposed to fine, well, then it doesn't matter who found it, who spotted it. It's not sort of a committing a crime. Police didn't see it, but some bystander had it on camera. Doesn't mean it's still not a crime, right? It is. So uh, even though it wasn't their camera, it was a bystander's cameras. But I also feel like, well, I think the NFL fines too much. I don't like some of the fines they do for in-game plays. You know, if, it, if, the, uh, if the action wasn't, egregious or, you know, really, really bad where he's trying to hurt somebody, that only should be fine for it. You penalize for it, you move on. It's part of the game. You know, you don't see, uh, you know, hockey players fine for slashing somebody. You know, you got a penalty. That's that's your fine, the penalty. You know, I don't like the fact that they're, uh, they're getting fined later for something that's part of the game. So it, it does bother me a little bit in that direction, but they've been finding everybody for years now. For every, you know, for, for breathing uh, out, of, out of step here, you get fined. So in that um, in that respect, all right, it doesn't matter who caught it, but uh, I'm not a big fan. It's too too much. Fun. I want to know. I want to know where all this fine money goes. By the way, uh, just just to my mind, just too much of going on here. But oh, this guy got fined this. This guy got fined that. And I don't think the fine should be a set amount. I think it's grossly unfair that someone who's making twenty million gets fined the same amount as someone who's making seven hundred eighty thousand. You know, I know for us making you know normal money, we're lucky to make forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand. Yeah, that either way, it sounds uh, ridiculous. Uh, or not, well, they can afford it, but it shouldn't be that way. It should be a certain percentage of what you make, no, more than just a straight amount. Looks like uh, the fines uh, go to the NFL Foundation, the NFL Players Care Foundation, and the Gene Upshaw Players Association's Players Assistance Trust. So. It at least is not going into Roger Goodell's pocket. We know that much, um, but it is like he uh, needs going the help. Towards, well, yeah, that 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 is uh, that is true. Um, so we keep an eye on uh, where fines go. But I I I hear you, and I think there's an interesting uh, road to go down from a, a rules committee standpoint on how is it almost double jeopardy, right? What you made the the reference to police officers and a bystander uh, bystander taking video of something. Are we fining them by penalizing their team in game and then individually fining the player after the fact? Um, and does that make the most sense? I you make also the point about uh, hockey, and it's funny because slashes in hockey are almost more of an actual crime. <laughs> like there's right. physical, you know, there's a weapon, there's a physical change uh, in what you're doing, and a slash or a high stick or a cross check. Those are all things that. Uh, you're using a specific object to try to hurt someone, like to try to do it. So uh, that is a good point as well. Let's let's get uh, the rewind machine going here and talk about Thursday night football. Uh, I'm happy to say the Seahawks are who I thought they are. They're a 500 team. Uh, they are five and five right now. Battle back to 500 in a game against. The great Aaron Rodgers and the hapless Mike McCarthy. Um, it really is amazing, George, how 
listen, uh, there are plenty of times I'm sure there are coaches who win games and I don't recognize it, right? I think that's a, a given state of any sport where the small things the coach does during the week or even the play calling sequence, the game script, um, that leads them to win the game. And we all think, well, Rodgers had a great game. Aaron Jones had a great game. Good, good job, players. But it seems like there have been a number of boneheaded coaching decisions by Mike McCarthy. Uh, timeouts this time around were poorly managed. Uh, just some bad decisions about punts and, and fourth downs. The what, what could have been for Aaron Rodgers' career may be a, a deep discussion to have if he had a decent uh, coach. Not even talking Belichick, just talking about somebody who, who is better than McCarthy. But any... Fantasy football takeaways from this game. Anything, uh, I know MVS was uh, fairly non-existent in this one. Anything that stood out from the 27-24 Seahawks win back on Thursday? Yeah, well, MVS didn't stand out because when Randall Cobb uh, was out, MVS took over the slot, and Seattle does a very good job in the slot. I believe he's only targeted three times. Listen, I started MVS in, uh, in a league that's going to, it might cost me. It might cost me a playoff spot. Uh, so that's uh, concerning or annoying to say the least, but that's why. Uh, just having bad luck. Uh, I mean, we all got on McCarthy. I mean, everybody got on McCarthy, rightfully so. The timeouts, yes, they were managed poorly. It probably in the end didn't matter. They weren't going to get the ball back anyway. It's the fourth and two. I mean, it, it's really simple, boys and girls. Fourth and two. You want to put the put it in the hand of your defense, which is not very good, or in the hand of one of the best players in, the, in football. I think I'll put it down Rogers Rogers' hands. I think I will. Yeah, I know it was at your own thirty. You didn't get the ball back anyway. You might as well keep it in, uh, in your best player's hands. So I think that was the mistake. And we're seeing it more and more in this day and age, and I think we'll see it more and more throughout the years now. More coaches are going to go for it. Uh, you know, Put it in your quarterback's hands. That's why you have them. That's why you're paying them all that money rather than relying on your defense, unless you have a top-notch defense. Or maybe it's, you know, it's one of these 14-10 games where the, the average hasn't been able to move the ball and you have a good defense, you know you're going to get it back. Other than that, it's just too risky. You know, the Packers weren't playing good defense. They weren't stopping the run. Russell Wilson was getting hot. He was doing the right things. So uh, I think that's the, uh, the big mistake there. You know, not, taking it out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, in my mind, was the big error. Yeah, absolutely. And and listen, we can – not you, George, listen. Everybody else listen. Um, we can uh, debate football versus math. I would say it's football and math. But the math says – and logic says going forward on fourth and two field position wise makes more sense than often punting the ball. Um, there is uh, there's a great ESPN documentary, I think a couple of years ago, I think it was ESPN about a high school team that always went for it. Like they, they never punted the ball and they had one of the most prolific offenses in their league and in the country because of it, because it was constant offense, not to say that that would work in the NFL, much like people are like, oh, they should run the wishbone in the NFL be great. Athletes are too high, you know, high level. It would be a different game. I get that. There's positional battles that you need to take. Giving another team the ball at the 40 when your defense isn't as good, I agree with you completely, is not a good idea. But the idea that these coaches at midfield or even slightly plus territory are still punting blows my mind. It blows my mind. And so I know the offense is king in NFL, and I know defenses have a tougher time locking things down, and, and there's less contact. I get all those things. Uh, but I'd love to see coaches, and you see it more from the Doug Petersons of the world, probably see it for Frank Reich from time to time, These uh, Sean McVay, these guys who are starting to understand the difference uh, of each situation. Um, I'd love to see more coaches go forward on fourth down and more fans understand why they're doing it. Um, now that's usually what comes last, uh, but uh, I would love to see that uh, be a, a change in, in strategy as we move forward. We're going to go uh, game by game and make our rounds through uh, each of these matchups. We'll talk about uh, the fantasy implications. We'll talk about the wagering implications uh, and make sure to take your calls in the second segment of the second hour. So uh, that is uh, about an hour away from now. We'll open up the phone lines. I look forward to hearing from Kenny uh, if he is out there today uh, appearing each and every week here on Fantasy Sports Today Saturday morning edition. There is a poll out for you to vote in over on Twitter. That's at FNTSY Radio. It's uh, who's your favorite wide receiver one for week 11 in daily fantasy. It's DraftKings prices. I have Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins, 
and put T.Y. Hilton in there because some people do uh, like to go cheaper at wide receiver, make the decision that they're going to pay down there. Uh, Hilton all the way down at 6,100 with a pretty solid matchup, luck throwing the ball a lot. So thought he could have some upside as a wide receiver one uh, at a cheaper price tag. So let us know of those four who you like or if there's someone that you prefer as your wide receiver one uh, in the matchups this week. Uh, tweet at us again at FNTSY Radio and at Dan Stratford at George Kurtz. George, we're going to start off and we'll carry this one over into the next segment. How are you feeling about this Cowboys Falcons matchup? Uh, Cowboys at four and five. They're one and four away from home. Uh, Falcons defense doesn't play much defense. Do you see this as a potential Cowboys win on the road or do you think the Falcons uh, overall take on this game? The Falcons are the ones that uh, with a minus three and a half. And a 50 over under should be on your betting radar. Uh, I mean, Atlanta's been a house of horrors for Dallas. That was the nightmare game last year where Chaz Green played left tackle. And I think uh, Dak Prescott still getting sacked in that game. I want to get sacked nine times, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as I said, house of horrors game for Dallas. They don't it, really ma- Dallas going to have a tough time matching up with uh, anyone, a team that can score points. And even if the Dallas team is playing well, Atlanta's still going to score in the 20s. And that's if the Dallas defense is playing well. Playing poorly, it could be worse. So uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say it's a must-win for the Cowboys, but it's uh, a game they if they want to have a chance, they really have to win because you're playing Washington on Thanksgiving. So you win tomorrow, you win on Thanksgiving. You could theoretically be in first place if Washington loses tomorrow, as you would be uh, made up those two games. Because after that, you're playing New Orleans. You're not winning that game. So uh, <laughs> I'm just going out on a limb there, saying you're not going to limb that game. So I think Dallas has a chance tomorrow, but if I was betting, I think I would go Atlanta. I think I'll score enough points. Atlanta's a different team at home. They will score points. Uh, I'd bet on Atlanta. I'd, uh, I'd take the points. Uh, so it opened at a 48 over-under, up to 49.5, 50, depending on where you are. Minus 3.5 has been the line the entire time. We're going to break down this game from a player's perspective on the other side of this break. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio, at Dan Stravert, at George Kurtz. We are with you every Saturday morning here on Fantasy Sports Today. Getting ready for week 11 after this. Come on back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Fantasy Sports Today, you get uh, the top plays across all sports. George and I are doing our best to get you ready for Week 11. A little uh, Sugar Ray getting us going on a Saturday. I I can dig it. I may have been somebody that owned their uh, first major release album. I'll admit that as well from uh, back in high school. Nonetheless, uh, we continue on here talking about Dallas and Atlanta Matt Ryan's had a really solid season, George. You look at his numbers, and they're not too dissimilar from 2016 when he won the MVP. And uh, I think that, obviously, what some other quarterbacks and some other top players are doing on other teams uh, eclipse Ryan. And we've seen even a jump in offense from 2016 to this year. So matching numbers isn't necessarily the best thing. But he's had a really solid go. What's your take on Ryan here against this Cowboys defense He's at home. We know that's a, a plus for him. Uh, we're uh, in the Dome, typically plays better at home. Do, do you like Ryan as a, a QB1 this week, somebody that uh, is a must-start if you have him rostered? Yeah, I think he's a QB1. Uh, whether or not he's a must-start, it would depend on who you are the quarterback is. Uh, you're right, he's much more like the quarterback he was in 16 rather than the quarterback he was last year, uh, which is good for fantasy because you generally Ryan's been up and down. But he's already got. He's already thrown over three thousand yards there. I mean, he's going to come close to five thousand this season. Uh, the run game is average at best. You know, without Devonta Freeman, they got Tevin Coleman, who's better pass catcher out of the backfield than a runner. I think that's going to hold true tomorrow as well. I don't think. Uh, I don't see Atlanta being able to run the ball all that well. You know, I think they'll run it just enough to keep Dallas honest, but not have anything big on the uh, on the ground. I don't know if Edo Smith is a play tomorrow. Generally, he's been a flex play most of the season, but tomorrow I'm probably leaving him on my bench. 
Tevin Coleman will start for me. Julio Jones always starts. The really question comes down to Ridley and Sanu. How deep do you want to go with the Atlanta passing game? I'm probably going Ridley. Sanu is more, okay, what else you got there? Uh, but I think uh, I think Atlanta eats here. I think they'll score points. I think Dallas will score points too, by the way. I think Dak, because they're going to have to. Uh, I think Jason Garrett's going to have to unleash Dak somewhat. The Divas will play well, but not well enough. It won't be like holding. And they're not going to hold Atlanta 17, 20 points. Dallas is probably going to have to score 27 to 30 to win this game. I think it's going to yep. be that, that kind of game here. So uh, I think points will be put up on the board. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think... Uh... I think Sanu is somebody from a DFS perspective that I'll I'm a, a Rutgers shill and imagine that being such a bad college football team. But uh, I, I always uh, have a soft spot for Sanu, but seems like a good slot matchup here uh, against Dallas. Uh, Julio Jones has two tough matchups on the outside. The Cowboys have two big, big bodied uh, cornerbacks, but obviously volume supersedes all here for Jones. And he's had a great, great season and finally adding some touchdowns to the mix there. How do you feel about Dak uh, in this matchup? Looks like the Falcons don't really put too much pressure on the quarterback. Um, should be a game, as you said, that they need to generate some offense and unleash Dak to an extent. Do you see upside here for him, or do you think this is a, a, a pedestrian matchup where, you know, all things being considered, you'd prefer not to have to roll Dak Prescott in, in uh, any of your season-long lineups? Oh, what you said, the second half of that statement is what I would, uh, what I would go with. I prefer not to, because you're starting it. That means uh, your number one's not, you're probably on bye. So maybe you got Tom Brady, who really hasn't had a great season either. Uh, so you have some issues, to put it nicely. The problem with Dak, and you watch the film, is he doesn't seem to look into the secondary. He's looking for the short route. And when he does have somebody open deep, he misses them. You see it in back-to-back weeks, and he's missed Cooper for a long touchdown. He's missed Cole Beasley for a long touchdown. He's just not very good at the deep ball. You know, he, just, he doesn't have it. He can throw it. He has the arm strength to get it anywhere on the field, but he's just not very good at it. And there are times where he just doesn't look for it. You know, NBC in the uh, Sunday night game last week showed you know, pictures of people open in the sector or getting open. He doesn't seem to anticipate people getting open, how they were going to get open, but he doesn't see it, and he dumps it off. That seems to be the problem with Dak. Now, maybe it's a combination of, well, he doesn't want to get hit. You know, he's afraid of getting hit. He's, he's feeling the, the rush before it's even there. And that could be where, what you said, Atlanta doesn't put a whole lot of pressure. Deion Jones not playing tomorrow. So he should have extra time tomorrow, assuming the Dallas offensive line is healthy. Maybe that helps. I just think in the end, he can't do a dump off. You can't rely on Ezekiel Elliott to eat the clock up like he did last week when the Dallas was going to have 160 yards rushing. Can't rely on that. Might happen, but you can't rely on that. Dak's going to have to make some plays. I agree with you there, and I think there's uh, some upside here from a daily fantasy perspective. I don't know that I'm going to roster Dak Prescott at all, but down at 5,200 on DraftKings, uh, I think you'll see him owned because of this matchup and because of uh, how it all uh, comes together. Any other pieces here that you want to touch on? Amari Cooper or any of the wide receivers for Dallas are ready to move on to our next contest. Dallas has other wide receivers besides Cooper? When does this happen? <laughs> uh, you're starting Cooper. I mean, the uh, the passing offense is through him. He's only built the team a month, but that he is the passing offense. So you're, you're going to start Cooper. Uh, you're obviously, you're starting Elliott. Really, that's it. If, you, like I said, if you're starting Dak, you probably don't have much up. It's, which is not, by the way, terrible, by the way. Not like you're starting some schlub here, but I prefer not to start Dak. But he has uh, two back-to-back weeks of decent fantasy totals. Uh, it's, am- it's amazing what a wide receiver can do for you uh, to help that pass again. So he's not a terrible start here, but I don't have him in my top 12 either. All right, let's uh, continue on here talking game-by-game week number 11. Don't forget, you can ask questions over on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Happy to hear from you there, and then we'll open up the phone lines in hour number two uh, to get your takes uh, and your questions answered here on Fantasy Sports Today. So let's move on to our next contest, uh, which is Panthers and Lions. Carolina on the road here, but minus four and a half. Uh, favorites 49 and a half over under from last I saw. I'll double check uh, live odds here momentarily. Um, this could be a fun one for Cam Newton. And uh, I, I said that every week, but I feel like this is a matchup uh, where he has to be considered uh, from a DFS perspective. Uh, the floor is just so uh, legitimately high with Cam uh, with the rushing. Detroit uh, struggled in the secondary as well. So maybe some upside uh, for Cam on the passing front. How do you break this one down? Where do you see points being scored? And then we'll go into individual players uh, in this contest. 
This is a little bit of a strange one here. Uh, Detroit, is Darius Slade going to play? I would say yes. And if he does play, he could follow Funches all over the field, which pretty much eliminates Funches, who's really not doing all that much anyway. Not much upside there fantasy-wise. I'm not saying not to start him. You may not have three better receivers here or four if, you have, if it's a flex. But uh, I'm not I'm not seeing big things here. And I'm looking now. Slade doesn't have an injury designation. He's going to play. So Funches, mm, not seeing much there. I might prefer more there in the passing game. The run game CMC is fine. You mentioned Cam Newton's playing fantastic. Uh, and I, I attribute a lot of that to, like, everybody else, North Turner. And all the uh, the good things he's done. It's amazing what Turner can do for a quarterback. And I mean, all of a sudden, Cam Newton's uh, completing a higher percentage of his passes pretty much than ever before. Looks great. Just looks great. So good things there for Detroit. Oh, Kenny, Kenny Galladay's last man standing, and I'm not so sure that's a mm-hmm. great thing. All right, Marvin Jones is out, so get him out of your lineups, which uh, hurt me in a, in a league or two. I had to get him out there. Um, I mean, listen, I like Galladay, but he's going to get all the defensive attention. All of the defensive attention. Uh, so this is a problem here. I mean, and there's a, in one of these home leagues I play in, it's a uh, two-quarterback league. Not super flex. I wish it was, but it's a two-quarterback league. I got Stafford. You know, I started Russell Wilson already, who was okay, not great, but okay. Uh, but I also had MVS in that league. Now, I played a little. This is why. Uh, this is what's fun about fantasy. Generally, uh, Dan, you know, if I'm playing Dan, I, 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 don't, I don't look at your team. I don't look at Dan Stafford's team I'm playing. It doesn't mean anything. You start your best players. But I had to look at my opponent's team uh, on Thursday before the game. And I noticed he has Tom Brady on bye. He had another quarterback, I think Nick Mullins, on bye. He, uh, I forget who. Oh, he has Eli, Eli Manning's is one quarterback. This is, one, this is one quarterback. This is a two-quarterback league. And I look, I'm like, oh, he doesn't have a, another quarterback. He was asleep at the wheel. Even though his record six and four is actually better than mine, so uh, first thing I did is I cleaned every quarterback that was available. <laughs> and I, hey, all, all is fair, right? And the the only quarterbacks who were available who were starting were the Baltimore quarterbacks, not Joe Flacco, but Lamar Jackson and Robert Griffin were there, so I claimed them both. All right, so he can't have a quarterback this week. He could take Taysom Hill. I'm not going that low. All right, he wants to go take Hill on the wall once he thinks about it. Fine, let him do that. But now I'm thinking this is where I bring this up. If Lamar Jackson is named the starter tomorrow. Should I be starting mm-hmm. over Stafford? Uh. That's where I am at this. They're playing Carolina. Not the greatest matchup. They'll be trailing against, so they're going to have to throw. But is that enough for me to put Stafford in my lineup? Or do I go with a risky Lamar Jackson who I have? I, no one knows what Lamar Jackson would do. Or if he would play the whole game, would it be him and Robert Griffin? You know, I mean, I, I don't know. You know. Is the rushing attack from Jackson alone? I, I, if he plays, I would expect him. I'd probably put the over-under on rushing yards at 58. So, and I, I might bet the over there. So, that's a touchdown right there that I think, just on rushing, can I trust his receiving to get more of Stafford? So, that's what's interesting. So, I originally did that, claim all the Baltimore guys to screw over my opponent. And I clearly admit I'm doing it. I'm surprised I haven't received nasty texts and emails from him yet, one of my best friends. But I don't care. <laughs> uh, hey, that's what, that's what you're supposed to do in fantasy. And it's just, it's ironic because I never look at my opponent's roster. Never. Don't care. I don't, I don't know what made me do it this week. You know, just to notice that he didn't have a backup quarterback. And like I said, first he could have uh, he could have bought Jackson or whatever Griffin in in waiver the way when you paid for it in Fab. He didn't. And then first right. come first serve started at six o'clock on Thursday. He didn't do that either. I didn't make this move until right before the game, hours later. So his own fault for sleeping at the wheel. Uh, not that I wouldn't have done it at six. If I would have thought about it. I would have. But uh, so it's just funny how it worked out. And now I might have to start Lamar Jackson. It'll come down for me. And ready for anybody who's thinking about starting Lamar Jackson this week, it'll come down to really listening at the pregame tomorrow. How much I think Jackson's going to play. Is he going to start the entire game? It's not a great matchup, but it's at home. It's not a horrible one either against Cincinnati. But this, this tells you over and over again how much I'm worried about Stafford tomorrow. He just doesn't have anything left to throw to. Uh, I think you made the point about it may not be a great thing that Galladay is the last man standing. I, I think that's exactly right. It's uh, I, I don't think this is all the targets go his way. It's all the defense goes as well. Like every single uh, possible play here from Carolina focused solely on Kenny Galladay. I don't, and I, I guess people will, will talk about TJ Jones, but I'm not really a huge fan there. Um, I don't know what to make of Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about that game later. I, I watched him in college. We talked about this last week. I loved him in college. I thought he was a, a superb college quarterback. And I think the talent is there and the skill set is there and the smarts are there to be an excellent 
or at least a very good NFL quarterback. I just haven't seen anything over the first 10 games in the limited packages they've run out with him that suggest he's going to throw the ball effectively. Um, mainly because they've just used him as a wildcat running back. So I've, I've no idea. And to your point, do we see some Robert Griffin, the third, do we see that sort of mixed bag? This is a, a Ravens team that still has an eye on the playoffs, uh, has a bit of a, 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 you know, outside track at four and five to making their way in the AFC North. If Pittsburgh were to slip up. So this is a game they want to win. This isn't, let's see what our youngster has. Let's see what our future is. I will get to it later on, but I, I think that's a tough decision. I don't know where I'd go there. I think Stafford has just enough upside at home, um, but obviously the Lamar Jackson uh, rushing perspective does give him a bit more of a floor uh, for any matchup, you would hope at least. Um any offensive pieces from Carolina? Obviously, Christian McCaffrey's had a very, very good year uh, for the Carolina Panthers. You have a mixed bag at wide receiver. Um, anybody else worthwhile, maybe from a, a deep threat position, maybe you're in a deeper league, somebody you think from Carolina could step up from the wide receiver spot and have a big game? Yes, yeah, Carol. Fun just scares the the crap out of me tomorrow. I think Slay is going to follow him there. Tory Smith is out. DJ Moore is the player I'm looking at here. I think he could be uh, the beneficiary of Fun just getting all the attention. Uh, even Craig Olson, I'm not a big fan of. But I think he has. I think he'll eat tomorrow. Same thing. Uh, I think. Uh, I don't. I just don't think what's going to happen with Fun just. So DJ Moore would be that deeper player I like. Uh, you know, the Panthers did just pick up uh, Kenyon Barner. Remember him? We all liked him that one week for New England. That didn't work out very well. Uh, he's there. I'm not saying to start him, by the way. I'm just pointing out that he's now on, on uh, the Carolina Panthers. Other than that, it's amazing to have such a good uh, – the offense is really Cam and McCaffrey. You know, Cam, Cam's playing well. McCaffrey's running well. The offense moves. And I don't expect them to really have a problem tomorrow. I just don't think Funch is going to be a big, uh, a big get for fantasy owners. All right, uh, let's keep churning here as we get through. We'll obviously turn our way back to some wagering discussions and uh, some DFS as we go through here uh, in week number 11. The teams on by are the Bills, the Browns, Dolphins, Pats, Jets, 49ers. Amazing to see three or four AFC East teams uh, on by here, but that is where we're at. Good. Um, obviously, yeah, I was about to say, obviously it feels good to have the Jets and the Bills off of this slate uh, just from a football perspective. That was painful. Uh, 49ers. We, got, we had to watch that oh, game was... last week here, Dan, okay? I know you're in the Boston yep. area, in the New York area. We had to watch that game. That's like, oh my God, that is that is the NFL should run a promo during this. This is why you get the Sunday ticket, right, so you don't not forced to watch this game. I mean, my oh, just God, a bug uh, the entire time. Yeah, in the bottom right, uh, you you could be you're, watching. You're, 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 you're not from here, all uh, right? And uh, but, you know, before I grew up, we're older. Not, Where'd you grow up? I oh yeah yeah. So, but before we had the Sunday ticket, you know, back in the '80s, before you had a ticket, before you had anything, all right, there were no, there were, you couldn't watch extra games. The worst Sundays on the planet, where you'd get like the Jets and Colts at one o'clock. This is before the Colts had Peyton Manning. I'm talking back in the in the '80s here, and that was like watching paint dry. And then at four o'clock, you'd get the Giants and Cardinals. It was like watching paint dry, then watching grass grow. There were no other games, folks. Okay, you didn't have the, you didn't have anything. We prayed for the ten minute ticker. That was when every 10 minutes they'd, uh, they'd have a crawl across the bottom of the screen flashing the other scores. And that was uh, the huge thing. That was back when sports phone was the big thing. Dial uh, 973 yeah, and you'd call and you'd get scores of other games. And you'd pay a dollar a minute, whatever the hell it was. Okay, this is what we had to go through. We had to walk uphill and, you know, both ways and five feet of snow to get to school. Uh, it's just, it's, it's amazing how things have changed. But that's what that reminded me of on Sunday. You know, I had the three TVs above my uh, fireplace to watch the games, and that Buffalo Jets game was on the, s- the screen as furthest away from my eyesight as I could possibly find. <laughs> oh, boy. Being a Jets fan, not fun. Uh, not fun at all. Uh, but anyway, uh, we continue on here. Uh, the Jets are so bad. My eyes but, out. but hopefully it's turning around. Uh, everyone's saying Lev Bell is a no-doubter to the Jets. I think Lev Bell watches football, too. Why would he go to the Jets? Like, oh, well, he only cares about anyway. money, right? Well, yeah. That's I think why. He cares about not, not being, you know, absolutely wrecked on the field and watching this team play. I don't think he can 
see a, a well, world he, where he's not the main focus of any defense and gets beat up every He's week. not going to be able to have his cake and eat it, too. He's not going to be able to make the money he wants, which is obviously most important to him, and go to a good team because guess what? The teams that have that kind of cap room are bad teams. You know, if it's not the Jets, the Raiders, they'll have the money. If they want to sign, I don't know if he's going to want to go there and really then have to move to uh, Vegas in two years. I don't know if he's going to want to do that. The interesting team is that uh, we heard before, or actually during the season, as far as a possible trade, the Eagles were interested. So there's his cake and eat it too. You know, maybe he can mm-hmm. go there. Indianapolis, we've heard them. Uh, they have the cap room. The Eagles' cap room would be interesting. Indianapolis has it. But now they got Marlon Mack. They may not feel the need to pay a running back what he wants. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, in the offseason. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be great theater to see uh, where, you know, what he can make and where he'll go. All right. We have a ton more games to get to here, and we're going to continue that in uh, our final segment here in hour number one. Don't forget, poll is open over at FNTSY Radio on Twitter. Want to hear who your favorite wide receiver one is, and, of course, you can always reply uh, with your top play as well. So, Tons to get to here. Going to go to our next game after this break. You're listening to Dan and George right here on Fantasy Sports Day, the Saturday edition, FNTSY Radio. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Shout it out, George. Shout it out here on Fantasy Sports Today. Dan Stravick, George Kurtz. Each and every Saturday morning getting ready for the top plays in week 11 of the NFL season. Uh, Let's continue on here as we scroll through and make sure we touch on each and every game. Titans and Colts up next. Absolutely love this game this week. I think this is one that uh, a lot of people will be on. Feels like the Giants-Bucks game may be one that people stack more from a DFS perspective. But this, I think, has some some goodness to it where we see some upside from a, a variety of positions. Uh, let's see most uh, recent line movement here uh, to scroll quickly. Maybe not too quickly. Uh, that's a shame. Uh, I saw minus one and a half uh, on the uh, static line that I was looking at. Uh, here we go. Uh, minus one currently. So minus two. Uh, oh, no, it flipped. Sorry, George. I, I'm, I'm stumbling a bit here. But it opened at minus three to the Colton minus two now, which I've never seen. Um, I don't know that I've seen a minus two, not minus two and a half, but a minus two in a long, long time. Uh, so minus two for the Colts, uh, 26.25 implied total for Indianapolis, 24.25 uh, for Tennessee, an over under of 50.5. It opened up to 48. So obviously uh, the betting world is seeing this as a game uh, that should score points as well. What say you, George? How does this one break down? Well, first of all, first of all, betting wise, I'm not touching this game. Uh, this is going to be a pretty even matchup here. Tennessee's hot, playing well. Seems to have, uh, as Mariota has gotten healthy, seems to have figured out their game here. They're playing well on both sides of the ball. I'll pass. Uh, as for fantasy wise, all right, I know Derrick Henry's got touchdowns now in a couple of uh, straight weeks. I'm, he's still so hard to, to trust to start because let's face it, he's not doing much else. And if he doesn't get your touchdown tomorrow, he's not going to have really any fantasy value. I mean, it's, it's just so tough to rely on uh, on touchdowns week in and week out, even though I, uh, I kind of like the matchup here. Uh, Marcus Mariota, I think, the, once again, he's not top 12, but he's sort of like Dak Prescott. He's not that far out either. He can make a nice streaming quarterback this week. as He, he looks healthy. So now he can, uh, he can sort of do damage with his arm and his legs. What we'd like to see. Corey Davis starts for me tomorrow, absolutely, for uh, Tennessee. Deion Lewis will start. I think Geno Smith, if you need a, uh, a tight end back, once again, back-to-back weeks with, tux- with touchdowns, he could sneak in there and be a uh, streaming tight end. If you lost George Kittle or you know Grok, Najoku, uh, one of these guys you need a desert for a tight end, 
Maybe it's Janu Smith. As for Indianapolis, you're starting Luck. Not the greatest matchup, but you're still starting him. You know, for his, the Tennessee defense is good, but they do have problems on the perimeter, on the outside. So this could be a better week for T.Y. Hilton, who's been quiet of late. He's someone you're going there. Marlon Mack, you're going. I don't know if I'm going anybody else, though. Uh, the tight ends are interesting, right? Uh, Eric Ebron, three touchdowns last week. A rushing touchdown last week. If How are you feeling if you're a Detroit Lions owner right about now? I mean, Wow. This guy couldn't do anything in Detroit. And also, he looks like a world beater with Indianapolis. It wouldn't shock me tomorrow if it was a Jack Doyle day tomorrow. You know, that's what Indianapolis is doing. Keep defenses guessing here. Uh, I would still probably prefer to start Doyle over Ebron. But at this point, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, and maybe I'm saying that because I'm a Doyle owner in a couple of leagues. And uh, you know, certainly last week was uh, crying time when it was all, all Ebron all day against Jacksonville. But I, I just wonder if this week we go back to Doyle. You know, I think there's no way of truly knowing here. I do have Doyle ranked higher, but I don't say that with any amount of confidence. It's uh, I think you still have to trust the talent, and the talent lies uh, a little bit more with Jack Doyle than Eric Ebron. But last week was rough. <laughs> last week, as a, a DFS owner of Doyle, I... Uh, did not like to see what transpired and Eric Ebron getting into the end zone as he did. I hear you on not betting this one. It does feel like a game that if you got at 48 to start the week as an over, I would have been comfortable there. Now up to 50 uh, and a half. I can't say that I'm I'm pushing the over even beyond that. And the spread being at minus two. I do think you're right. This is an evenly matched game. I do think there are a ton of DFS pieces here, though, um, that can... To the point, the tight ends, uh, hopefully there's a little bit reduced ownership on Doyle because of last week. I think luck is fine. I think Mariota is intriguing, too. I know he's not uh, exactly the dynamic quarterback we may have seen a couple of years ago, but he has a, a ton of upside uh, in this matchup. And I think price tag-wise, you continue to see a, a sub-6K price tag on Mariota. I like it. And, and Andrew Luck checks in at, at 5900 I know uh, the Tennessee defense has been good uh, from a pass perspective. I'll pull up uh, Football Outsiders numbers in a second, but uh, I just love the volume with which uh, Luck is playing, and I think each and every week you're going to see a ton of passes from him. So I'm, I, I do fear some matchups, uh, but this isn't specifically one of them. Uh, Tennessee DVOA pass rank 18th on the season, so there are some holes there, and I think that uh, Andrew Luck will be able to expose them Amazing I'm saying that. I never thought, you know, last season with all the shoulder issues and not throwing the football, we'd be back at this point with uh, Andrew Luck, but happy to see it. Obviously a very talented quarterback who uh, can do some real damage this week in the NFL. Anything else from this game? Uh, another set of 5-4 and four and 4-5 four teams. It seems like that's the entirety of the AFC right now. Um, but anything else you want to touch on before we move on? Well, it's, it's a big game, so we'll, we'll see what happens here. Uh, I don't know if anything. I mean, Luck is back to being at full health here. Right? Last couple of weeks, we've seen that now. Luck just looks great. Uh, good for him. You know, it's, uh, in some ways, it's already been a successful season for Indianapolis, right? That's most the most important thing for that franchise, to get your franchise quarterback back healthy and playing and playing well. And he sort of uh, checked off all those boxes. So good for that. You could uh, obviously start luck with pretty much impunity here. And, uh, you know, you put in that little poll uh, earlier about Thomas, Hopkins, Beckham, and Hilton. And Hilton really, I don't think he's anywhere near the other four here, unless you're just going purely cheap tomorrow. He's a good receiver. He's really not in the ilk of the other three. And although tomorrow I think he'll do better than he has with fantasy owners in the past, really, month or so, he's been quiet here. I don't think it'll be enough where he's going to win you a fantasy league tomorrow. All right, let's uh, continue on here as we go game by game on Fantasy Sports Today. Get you ready. And don't forget, uh, if you want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire, try DailyRoto.com for free this Thanksgiving. That's right, free advice from Fantasy Millionaires, free Daily Fantasy projections, and free access to everything you need to dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving. Don't be a turkey. Head over to DailyRoto.com and enter the promo code TG18, TG18, to access your free five-day trial. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code TG18. Do you remember the commercial, uh, the the weed commercial, George, from the like mid-90s? Uh, What's the matter? Are you chicken? I'm not a chicken. You're a turkey. Do you remember that commercial? 
God, I don't. Doesn't ring any bells now. Oh, it's a good one. I'll have to to send you the YouTube. But it's like a middle school kid, and the, uh, one of his friends says, "You want to try weed?" <laughs> it's like this over the top, like awful line. And he says, "What's the problem? Are you chicken?" He says, "I'm not a chicken. You're a turkey." And he walks away from him. Um, it's pretty amazing. I'll send you the link later. I remember it distinctly on WPIX back in the day, uh, Channel Eleven in in New York. So uh, it's a good one. But don't be a turkey. Don't miss out on DailyRoto.com free. It doesn't get much better than free. F-R-E-E, how I get most of my T-shirts in college was by signing up for free T-shirts while signing away my credit uh, future uh, by signing up for way too many credit cards. Anyway, let's continue on here as we go game by game. Make sure we get uh, to a good one here. Not because they're good teams, but hopefully there's some offense involved. Uh, New York Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, a game that could be pretty darn ugly when uh, it comes to actual skill level on the field. Uh, Giants are minus two and a half favorites at current. It opened at 52. It's up to 52 and a half. Uh, 27.5 implied total for the Giants. Tampa Bay's had their total drop from 25 and a half to 25 flat. George, this is one where obviously Saquon and Odell, I guess Eli by default, simply because of the the volume those two players should see, uh, could make his way into a number of DFS lineups and season-long lineups. And on the other side, Tampa Bay uh, has a number of pieces that should have some upside potential here. Is this a game that you're on? Is this a game that you think has some real fantasy implications this week? Or could this be a dud just simply because these are two bad football teams? Well, it's not Buffalo uh, Jets. Yeah, there are some fantasy <laughs> players in this game. I mean, uh, this is not a game where I'll be, I won't be paying attention to. I, I think points will be put up on the board here. So you mentioned Eli. I think he's an absolute streaming quarterback this week. You look at Eli as a whole this season. The yardage has been there. You know, the yardage, he's throwing for a, a decent amount of yardage. The problem is the touchdowns haven't until last week. You know, where finally they made a concerted effort to throw the ball to Beckham in the end zone. You know, Beckham caught two touchdowns and he had at least two, three, four other opportunities to catch them. The problem is Eli, his accuracy is not very good. And uh, he throws, man, Eli throws a lot of floaters. You know, he's throwing a lot of floaters up there, which gives defenders time to get there. And uh, that's really the issue there. He, he's, not, he's certainly not crisp anymore. But uh, they made a concerted effort to throw the ball to Beckham in the end zone. And, hey, points are going to be scored. Shocking when you throw it to the, one of the best players in the game. Shocking, I tell you. So, uh, listen, you're starting, Eli. You're starting, uh, you're starting Beckham. I think Shepard is a, a solid wide receiver three in fantasy tomorrow. We know Tampa Bay can't stop anybody. Engram goes for you. Right. Barkley, of course, goes for you. So the Giants may suck. But they got five players you can easily start here, uh, fantasy-wise. And the same can be seven Tampa Bay. Yes, Fitzpatrick... Uh, you know, it's funny. He was he was bad last week, right? I mean, bad. Three turnovers in the red zone. Uh, yet they're still starting him tomorrow, which may – it's a strange situation in Tampa, uh, Dan, because they almost if – they, if they were positive that Winston wasn't going to be back next year and they were protecting themselves against injury, the injury insurance for the contract, he'd be the number three quarterback. But he's still the number two, which means they're not sure. They're not benching, but then why isn't he playing? This makes no sense. You know Fitzpatrick is nothing more than a backup. You're not winning. When you're 3-6, and six, your season's over. So why aren't you finding out if Winston's the man? You know, says, you, you, once again, you make up your mind. Is he not the man? Then make up the number three so you don't have to worry about him getting hurt and you got to pay that contract. Or you start him to find out, can he be the man? It's just right. it's strange how Tampa Bay is going about this. I mean, really strange. And once again, I'll say this again. I, I put this up a couple weeks ago. I think this is the battle of head coach versus GM. Cutter knows he's gone. He's as good as God. He right. should have been back this season. But he wants to – Fitzpatrick gives him the best chance to win now, to win as many games as possible, and to, you know, pad that resume, whatever that resume is, to pad it. Hey, I went 6-10. and 10. Uh, You know, that, that sort of thing, rather than going 3-13. and 13. You know, where the GM has to be like, I got to start Winston. He's the one I may have to pay $20 million to, $20.9 million to next year. So Winston has to start here. And if I'm a GM, it's come, what it comes down to, listen – Either you start Winston or I fire you now. You know, I, I, I'm surprised they keep going back to Fitzpatrick. This makes no sense. Are they waiting until they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs? You know, which may not happen until week 12, week 13, week 14, actually, before they get mathematically eliminated. It's just a strange situation there. But anyway, for fantasy tomorrow, Fitzpatrick starts. Once you'll take the yardage. He was terrible last week. Three turnovers in the red zone, as mentioned earlier. But he had, what, 406 yards passing? I mean, Wow. And that's against what's supposedly a good Washington secondary. 
So 406 yards, you're certainly going to be starting him. Mike Evans has been disappointing. I mean, he has, but you're starting him. Uh, Godwin was on the injury report earlier this week, but he's going to play. I mean, he's iffy, depending on what else you have in your roster, but he's certainly start a bull. You know, Humphreys is hot. He's playing well. Deshaun Jackson, you sort of need the big play, but he's a guy who could be in your lineup as well. O.J. Howard is a tight end one this week. You're starting him. So there are, we may hate this game because the two teams are terrible, as you said, but fantasy-wise, there's a lot of guys here you can go with. There, yeah, it's a ton of pieces uh, that will be going in season long, and I think you're going to have a large ownership contingent here from a daily fantasy perspective. I, For so long, we were playing tight ends against the Giants. If you look at DVOA numbers, again, it's it's somewhat matchup dependent. We can't just say that it, they're, they're good against tight ends, but much better ranking this year than seasons past. They're seventh uh, against tight ends, but... Uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup for Mike Evans. Uh, he has the height advantage. He has a you know a definite size advantage uh, over the the Giants cornerbacks. But can he really uh, be efficient and good this week? Uh, like give that wide receiver one upside that we've been really struggling to see on a, a consistent basis. And I forget what the stat was with Fitzpatrick, but there was something insane about the modern era of football and a quarterback throwing for over 400 yards and not scoring more than 10 points or so. I, I, I have to find it, but it was just such an anomaly of a start for Fitzpatrick uh, from a yardage versus uh, touchdown perspective uh, that I'll see if I can dig that up and, and get it right. The last one but was Joe Montana I, who did something similar. Is it, Okay, so, and he's pretty good at football, but... Um, the uh, big thing, uh, yeah, I've heard some some talk about him, some chatter every once in a while is one of those quarterbacks that we should talk about a little bit more. People forget that. People forget that he, he was uh, good, at, good at the football. Uh, let's continue uh, on here. Well, here's my question for you. If you're looking at Odell Beckham, uh, maybe from a, a daily fantasy perspective, you're starting him in season long. He's one of your best players, obviously, and you're going to get him out there. Do you think there's enough of a floor here, George, meaning a consistent play from Eli Manning, enough of a connection between the two of them and a matchup that Odell Beckham is a cash game, somebody that you're you're trusting with you know, at least a floor of maybe, let's say, 10, 12 points on a site like DraftKings. Is Odell Beckham Jr. in your lineup construction when it comes to floor and thinking that this is a trustworthy matchup uh, and a trustworthy connection with his quarterback uh, each and every week? Yeah. Yes, uh, I think he because once again, the offense is built around him. And I think they're starting to realize that. Throw Get it to Beckham's hands as, as much as possible. Barkley and Beckham, you know, the killer bees, they, it, the ball has to be in their hands. Let them do the damage here. Tampa has no secondary, none. All right, Dan, you and I can run routes to get open, open against the secondary. They're just not very good. Uh, they, they've been terrible all year. This is not news to anybody. That's why we've been picking on them all year. I have uh, Beckham's over-under tomorrow as far as fantasy points as 18. You know, for me, that's uh, what f- uh, five catches, seventy yards, and a touchdown. Five, seven, six. Okay, and that's what I have. So I, I think he's getting eight, at minimum eighteen. That's the minimum. I think he could. Heal. I think it was past that. I, I'd take the over on that because I think it could easily be two touchdowns, one hundred and twenty yards, and seven catches wouldn't shock me at all. This secondary is that bad. I'm never worried about Beckham. You're always worried about Manning. You know, the floaters. You know, that's what always uh, worries me. There, the deep ball. Not the greatest here, but the matchup is too good. Uh, for me, not to start Beckham tomorrow in uh, DFS, uh, it'd be tough. I mean, once again, you can't pay for everybody. Maybe you want to go Michael Thomas, who's another guy who can have a monster game uh, against a, a Philadelphia secondary that's just not there. They're all, on, all injured and not playing. So I can certainly see that. Probably can't pay for both. But I like Beckham a whole bunch tomorrow. Thus far in our poll over at FNTSY Radio, you can check it out, and I'll uh, retweet it again uh, now. Just uh, if you want to check out my uh, Twitter feed, at Dan Strafford, and of course, you can always find George at George Kurtz. Uh, Beckham is at 19%, uh, with Michael Thomas at 33%, Hopkins at 29%, T.Y. Hilton also at 19%. Looking for who your favorite wide receiver one is, Week 11 in DFS. Uh, those are all DraftKings prices, so Thomas at 8800 Beckham at 84 Hopkins at 7900 Hilton at 6100 I think Saquon Barkley in this matchup is going to be very highly owned uh, in Daily Fantasy, though price tag at 8700 obviously benefits a bit here from 
uh, some other games uh, being off this slate. You don't have Todd Gurley uh, at the top end, so you may have Barkley and Gordon fairly high-owned uh, as your top-end uh, running backs. But you do have David Johnson, Christian McCaffrey, and Ezekiel Elliott in the mix, too, so maybe that spreads out a little bit of ownership. Electric Avenue, that's where we're rocking into in hour number two here on Fantasy Sports Today. Dan Straffer, George Kurtz, don't forget, top of the hour at 10 a.m. Uh, it's college football today, so you'll want to stay tuned straight on through that as you do every Saturday morning right here on Fantasy Sports Radio. Coming back after this, Dan and George, stick with us as we talk week 11 of the NFL.